Welcome to episode 86 of the Pirate Monk Podcast. We are knocking them out today. We are. <laughs> you know, 86 is an interesting number because an eight's like two circles, one on top of the other, and the six is like trying to get there, but that top circle didn't quite make it. And so it's like a sad number. What? Wow. wow. What? Your mind went there. <laughs> like the the envious six with the the guess unfulfilled which, eight. Guess which member of the podcasting team is from California? <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking about sadness, On unfulfilled things. Are you really longing? It's longing. Okay. That six is longing to be an eight. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. As, as, take a moment. I I, well, I was I was feeling pretty good until you broke in with that whole bit about sadness. But that's okay because <laughs> when we get to episode 100, we're going to celebrate. We are. Uh, I don't know if you heard, Aaron, but we're thinking about going on location for episode 100. Yep. Doing an audio and maybe even a video podcast. Mm-hmm. Going, uh, you know, we somewhere. may make the jump to video on with well, episode 100. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. So guys, send us ideas. Yeah, uh, where for where we the go? location is. Yeah, 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 where the location. Maybe even All right. some, some topics or things we should do or yeah, huh? ideas or however you know. Mm-hmm. Or if you need our address to send cigars to us. Or it should be a spectacular event. I think. Yeah, I think it should too. Yeah, I think it should too. I love the cigar Chechnya. idea. I haven't had a good cigar yeah. in two years. Uh, and cigars I'm, in cigars in Chechnya. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm just speaking. For those of you listeners who were just jolted by that magnificent voice, and you're wondering who that was, mm-hmm. that voice belongs to none other than uh, a veteran of the pirate monk world. Yes. Heath McClure. Heath McClure. Matter of fact, man, weren't you on like episode two or like three? It was early on, man. It was It was quite early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, thank you, by the way, for stepping in. Oh, wow. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so for the brand new listeners, yes. I, I, I'm your, I guess, uh, host, more or less, mm-hmm. kind of. Kind of. Nate Larkin. Yes. Our co-host coming from the left coast, the Commodore, Aaron Porter. Mm-hmm. Our fearless, peerless engineer, Mondo. And uh, guest of the day. Well, actually, we have a guest for later on in the show, yeah. but uh, the other member of the Afternoon Zoo, Heath McClure. Yes. Uh, what's what's new in your world, Aaron? Well, I boy, I can't I can't say because oh, uh, it's a huge surprise, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay. But you know what I'm talking about. I know so exactly this, this what you're talking about. This, this weekend, it's enormous. So it's, it's stupendous. And yeah, maybe we'll talk about it in the 100th episode yeah. of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Let's just say, yeah, that conversation was very entertaining for our listeners. You <laughs> 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 kind of stumped me since my whole world is kind of revolving around that. Yeah, and the I thing we can't talk about the secret oh, you project. Know what? I will. I will say, I've, uh, I've, I've been trying to teach my two oldest sons to swim because mm-hmm. uh, this is their first week of summer. Yeah. And for the last four years, they've been going to swim lessons, and they uh, they still don't know how to swim. Mm. It, you know, at some point, I think there should be some kind of a money back deal. Yeah, I would like say. after the fourth year. Um, anyways, they they still know how to grip the wall and kick their feet. They can do that really well mm. after four years. But uh, so this year, my eldest son, who's in sixth grade, uh, had a swim party, and all the people in his class were girls except him. Right. And all of a sudden, he felt an intense motivation to learn to swim, yeah. which is what I've been waiting for. So yeah. uh, we stole a key to a uh, communal pool at, like, some apartment <laughs> complexes. Yes. And okay. uh, got them some masks, and we have just been been doing it and it is fun to to show that there are alternative ways to teach your children to swim you know i feel like these professional swim teachers Mm -hmm. they've got it all wrong really it's about just holding your breath and going underwater you learn to swim much faster that way okay that's all i'll say i'm a a little surprised my children are learning to swim 
I'm a little surprised at, at what I'm hearing. Here in, we're in Tennessee, which is supposed to be backward, and he's out in California that's supposed to be forward-thinking, post-enlightenment. Mm-hmm. They still are doing swim lessons. I taught my kids online. <laughs> I, I set them before a computer. Three hours later, we went to the lake. Everything's fine, and, and it was nine ninety nine for all four of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Keith McClure, I love you, buddy. I love you, too. <laughs> i tell you, one of the things... Man, I, I, and I heard if, if, if you spent the extra three bucks, they could have they wakeboarded as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I couldn't afford the wakeboard. The <laughs> uh, if you know Heath McClure, you know he's a noble guy. Yeah. He's going to get down to it. Yep. He kind of gave up, he kind of uh, put that uh, suit of armor... Kind of packed it away in the closet. He's going to kind of. If you ask for the truth from Heath, yep. it's a dangerous question because uh, he's going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. So I know that full well when I ask Heath anything new in your life. How you doing? Oh man, um, yeah, a, a lot's new and a lot's old. Mm. Um, last week, um, and this is a, this is a long story that I'll try to make short, but. Last week, I got a Facebook message from a cousin that I've never met, um, and it was long, telling me that my father, my dad, whom I haven't seen in 15 years, mm. and uh, I've never had a relationship with him, but um, that he has three months to live. He has complete liver failure, mm. uh, and hepatitis C, and a host of other unmentionable things. Um, he's basically been homeless for about 20 years. Mm. And I've never had a, like I said, I've never had a relationship with him. Um, and yet when I, when I read that, I knew I had to go somewhere and cry. Yeah. And there's only one other time that I cried about this, and it was with a group of guys and some work that I was doing. Mm. And um, I, I called my assistant priest, who I have a Samson relationship with, mm-hmm. who is... Um, a wonderful pastor who doesn't um, doesn't BS. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a real guy, and I was just sobbing and crying and telling him about these things. And I noticed that I was feeling this in a different part of my body than I'd ever felt emotion. Mm-hmm. I'd always felt very numb um, because I had I had numbed myself yeah. for many many years yes. with pornography and other things like that, and it's it, it was like. It was like coming alive again, because I knew I needed to go see him. Yeah. Um, as of right now, I've made several attempts to call. Uh, I didn't today because, frankly, I just didn't have the emotional energy to do it. Yeah. Um, I plan on trying again tomorrow, and uh, regardless of that, I, I plan on going down uh, sometime in the next few days to try to find him because um, I I want to talk to him. Mm. Um, I want to look in his eyes, and on, honestly. What I want to say to him is, I'm okay, mm. and you're okay, Ugh. because of Jesus. Mm. Um, he knows the Lord. When he was told the news, uh, my aunt, who I talked to, um, she told me the first thing he mentioned was his salvation. Um, but I, I just want to look in his eyes and tell him I, I don't hate him. Mm. I love him because he's a child of God and. A human being, mm. and strangely enough, I've, I've shared this with my children. My oldest, who's twelve, she's like, "Daddy, I want to meet your dad." Mm. You know, I said, "What do you want to say to him?" She said, "I don't know, but I just want to tell him I love him." Mm. <laughs> and and even now, it's it's I, I, I'm feeling this in the very place I was telling you yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's strange. It's strange to be entertaining all of this. He's not yet sixty. Wow. Young, he's a young man. Yeah. And um, I worry. I worry. I worry about the guilt that he has, the shame that you know has perpetuated his addictions. Sure. Because I know that very well myself. Yeah. And he's lived his whole life alone. I mean, the day that I got this news, I texted everyone um, in my close circle and told them this. And every single person got back with me. Mm-hmm. I had three different people on my porch over the next two nights. Mm-hmm. I had phone calls. 
I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone knows who I am. They know my addictions mm-hmm. and my sins and my glory. They know mm-hmm. all of it. Mm-hmm. And it and it really gave me great sadness to think about the fact that that my dad doesn't know what that feels like. Mm. You know. Well, uh, Allie and I, of course, think about you and talk about you every day. And uh, I'm not sure why, but for some reason, this whole relationship strikes close to my heart as well. And um, I know this is something that you have to go do. And it's a family thing. You have to do it on your own. And I don't, I would never intrude upon that. But I know you know that you do not go alone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I gotta believe that this uh, somehow is in God's perfect timing, arranged uh, not only for your dad's healing but for yours, and something's going to flow to the benefit of your children. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. God's always up to something, and most of the time, when He's up at the moment, He starts being up to it. I think it sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and my and my and my prayers and my prayers get very dark and vile. Mm-hmm. But I still have to pray. Yeah. Because even though he makes me angry sometimes, I trust him with all my heart. Because mm. because when he sends a grenade in my life or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. When all is said and done, I'm different and I'm better. Yeah. 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 I'm different and I'm better. Yeah, I always have my plans for uh, improvement. Which never involved pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, a loving God. Yeah. Well, we have got a a, a good show ahead. We got a uh, a fascinating guest uh, on his way in here. We're going to meet uh, the tattooed preacher. Tattooed preacher. Yeah. So hang on, folks. We'll be back in just a moment on the Pirate Monk podcast. Well, we're here with our our special guest this week, uh, and Mondo. Thanks for the connection here. I, Absolutely. I, I, how long have you known the tattooed preacher? Probably going on three and a half years since I t- started attending Oasis yeah. Church. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so our guest today, I've just met him for the first time. What an engaging guy. Uh, Aaron Davis, also known as the Tattooed Preacher. Yes. Uh, Why the Tattooed Preacher, Nate? <laughs> well, uh, let's, 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 first of all, let's 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 paint this for the listeners. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Aaron Davis is not a small person. No. No. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's uh, 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 a rather sizable and quite imposing physical specimen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Says the guy in the elevator on the okay. way up. <laughs> I know. I saw, I saw that poor guy wince in the elevator when Aaron got on. It's kind of like, oh, no. Yeah, he was smaller than you, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Aaron has actually improved upon God's handiwork uh, with some body art. Yes. Uh, yes. I, li- I like the phrasing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is uh, re- really, really nice. And I'm sure... Uh, is nothing but an asset in a lot of your ministry. And you've been doing youth ministry, Aaron, for a very long time. Yeah, I, I actually I started in ministry. You know, I'm 30, I'll be 37 this year. I, I started in ministry at 14. Yeah. Started preaching at 14. Uh, was a youth pastor at 19, uh, associate pastor at about 22, 23, I think. Mm-hmm. And, so yeah, I've done and, and always. I mean, I've always traveled as an evangelist and doing youth meetings, youth events, you know, that kind of stuff. Sure. So yeah, youth ministry for a majority of my life now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know how to get a hearing with kids. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And in fact, it was work with kids that uh, by by kind of a, a one of those strange chains of circumstances that only God can explain. Uh, took you from ministry into law enforcement. You wound up as a cop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, in uh, 1999, I uh, wasn't. I didn't apply for it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I was recruited into law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how, <laughs> who says that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah. I was recruited into law enforcement. I was working with uh, with youth in a halfway house, basically. Yeah. You know, coming out of the system. Yeah, yeah. And uh, weren't able to go back to school, but court ordered to go to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, 
I was working in that environment, and they were starting a school resource officer program in my town. I was dealing with these cops all the time that were coming in, taking these kids with them. And, uh, yeah, so uh, they they offered me a job in law enforcement, and I took it. So where was this? This was in in Tennessee, in uh, Murray County. Murray County? Okay. Uh Okay. So, um, yeah, you did the D.A.R.E. programs and all that kind of stuff, but you did more than, uh, you know, talk to elementary school kids. You wound up, uh, I mean, you did... Of course, you did all the training. You wind up on SWAT teams. Yeah. You you make uh, sergeant. You make detective. Yep. Officer of the year three years running. Yeah, officer of the year two thousand three. Okay. Yeah, okay. officer of the year. I, uh, I detective sergeant and SWAT team in three years. I at, see. Okay. At the department. As, okay. You know, which is unheard of. Right. Yeah. Right. And right, then, right, uh, right. Right. And, and then officer of the year that year as well. Uh, would you say that you were pretty impressed with yourself at that point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a little full of myself. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, how how would that come out? I, just, just I was, I, I was, I always loved God, Nate. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I'd been in ministry for a number of years. What's What's funny? What I didn't when when we were talking earlier. What I didn't tell you is I grew up afraid of everything. Uh huh. And yeah. so it was one of those deals where when I became a cop, it was the ultimate affirma- affirmation for me. You yeah, know, right, right, right. Having grown up afraid, growing, grown up a mama's boy, I actually preach a sermon in men's meetings and things of that uh-huh. nature called Embracing the Mama's Boy. Yeah, yeah. Because I was, man, I was a mama's boy and I hated him. Yeah, uh-huh. And so uh-huh. when, I, when I actually became a cop, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, all that stuff that I fought for years to suppress all of a sudden was hidden behind a badge. Oh, and so, yeah. You know, sure, and yeah. so now I have, I have a gun and I have a badge and I've got big arms and a big frame and yeah. so now I can throw people around yeah. and I can yeah. tell them what to do and you know I was I, I, I'm painting myself a little bit worse than I was uh-huh. because I, I honestly I did I loved God I loved my job as yeah, an yeah, officer yeah, and things yeah. of that nature but there was this pride aspect of things yeah. that I that I covered real well uh-huh. that, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. but it was there man I yeah, was yeah. so proud of myself yeah, and yeah, so yeah. so affirmed in myself yeah, yeah. that I took on this persona this tough guy image yeah. that just continued yeah. to grow yeah so it was it, it was which it, in a way I mean I ident- I was never big and I was never <laughs> tough but I was very good at being impressive uh you know yeah. during my years of ministry uh there's no way i could intimidate anybody physically but i could intimidate them intellectually uh so i'm uh, and so i really worked hard at that uh, and i was good at being bright and shiny and when i look back all, so many of those years when i thought i was helping people i was really intimidating people yeah oh uh, yeah yeah absolutely uh, not out of a malicious intent. I think no. it came from insecurity for me. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. In- insecurity yeah. is is was was a huge uh, catalyst. Yeah, yeah. For me. So on the one hand, you you are in ministry and you are effective in ministry and you're getting affirmation and people are looking at you and yeah. you're getting some results. But there is a handicap there that you don't even recognize. It has to do with your pride. Would right. you say so? A- absolutely. A- yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it stemmed back even into ministry because, like you, you know, I was I was the guy in high school that never wrote a speech in speech class. Right. In college, I aced my speech class right. having never written a speech. I'd right. get up and talk for 10 minutes because I'm an orator. Right. You know, sure. I mean, that's yeah. what I do, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, for me, sequencing thoughts and sequencing thoughts and getting everything sequential uh, in my mind is, a, is, is, is simple, right. you you know, yeah, and so sure. just just getting that out, and so yeah, the the pride thing started. That was whenever I felt insecure. I always felt a security in that. Yeah, sure. you know, as a as a young man, as a yeah. as, and then as I got older, uh, and my size and yeah, you know yeah. things started to pick up. I found yeah. that security in the physical as well. You know, so I'm in the gym six days a week. You know, yeah. just building my frame to yeah. further hide that what that that mama's boy. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. So. yeah sure. Right, right, right. <laughs> so. Um, so did God love you enough to break you? <laughs> you know, here's the, here's the yeah. way that I like to look at it. You know, some some people will say that uh, that that God brought what happened to me on me. Other people will say that the devil brought it on me. I'm going to say I brought it on me. Uh huh. <laughs> but I'm God just, used it. God used it. God yeah. works everything together for your good. Yeah. And I'm just telling you straight up that yeah. He's faithful to complete what He started. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so yeah. that's that's yeah. the way that I look at it. Um, I think that the devil sought to kill me yeah. on you know December fourteenth, yeah. two thousand six. Okay. Um, I I don't think that that matter of fact I know that God didn't want it to happen to me because He tried three times to warn me to go back home. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Literally, this is that I didn't. That's something yeah, else yeah. I didn't share with you. But 
uh, I had a couple of guys try to kill me a few years ago on duty. Uh-huh. And, uh, and God told me three times on that day, right. go back to the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That something wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's that, that Holy Spirit leading, that still small voice that, yeah, you know, yeah. over years of ministry experience, I knew what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But this is the honest to God truth. And I don't share this often, but this is the truth. I told God, if it gets out of hand, I can handle it. Yeah. Oh, man. That's the truth. That, yeah. that tells you where the pride was. That's a good yeah. pair. Yeah. That's if a good it, pair. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good exactly. Lord. And yeah. so I, I, I've, the, the guys that, that ended up attacking me, I knew I was big enough to take both of them. Right. With my fists. If it was fist on fist. Right, yeah. But there was some other uh, things in the scenario that factored in that I wasn't wasn't expecting that yeah. God knew that I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so how does how does this all go down? Um, yeah, uh, uh, certainly it must have been a Goliath who uh, attacked and broke you. It must have been it must have been a a, a, a ten foot. Uh, you know, giant who took you down. And it'd make the story a lot easier if it was. Yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. I could, I could, I could, I could have probably my pride could have dealt with it a little bit better had that exactly. been the case. Exactly. Right. Um, but uh, but the truth of the matter was, uh, the guy was probably half my size. Oh wow. Uh, and uh, and what what was further funny about it? I, I say funny, but my wife is Asian. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, the the guy who attacked me was Asian. Okay. And the, the, the reason that that has some bearing and some, some importance is that I ended up, because of my experience going through some post-traumatic stress disorder, dealing with Asians, mm-hmm. they, they were actually a trigger for me. Oh, wow. You know, whenever I would see an Asian person, it would remind me immediately of what I went through. Yeah. Mm. And my wife it and her family are all oh, Asian. Oh, <laughs> you know? wow. So, yeah. so talk about just a, yeah. uh, just a weird yeah. dichotomy of events, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it just was, it was crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so how how old was this guy? Well, actually, there was two of them. Yeah. One was almost my size, uh, and he was seventeen. The other one was eighteen. Okay. Uh, the guy who did most of the work was eighteen, and he was the small guy, mm-hmm. the one that I underestimated, and the one that I was certain would not be, mm. you know, yeah. a problem. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, uh, to to uh, kind of move quickly into the story, you you have to arrest these two juveniles or two yeah. young kids, right? Yep. They've been they they they've embarked on a rash of burglaries. Yep. You've been brought in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they appear uh, remorseful and penitent. They seem cooperative, yep. uh, but at some point, and you've got them. You're 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 a sergeant. You're not a patrolman. Yep. I mean, you're a detective. Yep. Uh, you're not a patrolman, so you're in an unmarked car without a cage between you yes, and sir. the and the suspects. Uh, you put one of them in the front seat where you can watch them. You put one in the back seat, yep. turn the mirror so you can see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're cuffed in the front, not in the back, because you're a compassionate guy. Yeah. Right? You know, I'm a compassionate, pride-filled. Right, exactly. <laughs> but it's not like they're a threat. Exactly. That's right? the thing. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I cuffed them in the front, which is against protocol. Yeah. Uh, any cops listening, always follow protocol if they're for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, I, I, uh, I cuffed them in the front because they were... They were crying. Yeah, right. You know, and and as a cop, and having done this, you know, this wasn't my my first rodeo. Yeah, I I, I didn't want to hear these guys complaining. Yeah. For the hour and a half that we were going to be driving, going to each house that they stole things from, and finding out what they stole. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, yeah. That that was part of the deal. If they would just show me what they took and where they took it from, it was going to make my job so much easier. Right. Just tell me, and I'll work with you, man. I'll yeah. talk to the I'll yeah. talk to the right. magistrate. I'll talk to the judge. We're yeah. gonna this. We're gonna make this yeah. go away. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I cuffed him in the front, and because uh, I didn't want to hear him crying yeah, about the yeah. cuffs hurting their wrists. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, while you're out talking to some people, the little guy finds a five-pound hunk of iron, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, because that's what every cop carries in his car, right? It's, uh, <laughs> what in the world? I, I, I at the time I owned a uh, a construction cleanup business on the uh-huh, side, uh-huh. and uh, and I had uh, I had some really expensive trailers that had to stay locked up and yeah. one of my guys forgot to lock up one of my, my dump trailers. Yeah. And so uh, he called me and he's like, Aaron, I forgot to lock the trailer up. We'd already had one stolen that year. Yeah, so yeah. I took that big, huge piece of metal that uh-huh. normally would be used to lock the trailer up so people couldn't steal it, put it between my seats earlier that day, maybe the day before. It slid under my seat and I forgot about it. Yeah. And uh, and so while we're driving, it yeah. comes out and yeah. uh, Junior in the back seat <laughs> yeah. sees it and he has a brilliant idea. Oh, we could use this as a weapon. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And we could kill the cop yep. and steal the car yep. and get away. Yep. 
Mm. And uh, they could very well have killed you. Oh my gosh, uh, there's there's no doubt. You took a, you took a, a powerful, direct, high energy, uh, controlled blow directly to the face. Right, directly to the face. Actually, they distracted me and pointed away so that I would look away yeah. with the intent of hitting me in the temple. Yeah. The guy in the front seat mm. distracted me and said, "Hey, we did that house yeah. over there." And when I looked, the guy in the back seat yeah. was supposed to hit me yeah. in the temple. Yeah. Yeah. I just turned into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when they when they swung and hit me dr- right directly in the yeah. face. Yeah. Split my lip all the way through, shattered yeah. my nose, knocked a tooth out, chipped a tooth. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, it was fun. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then and then it turns into a, an, a, an outright brawl. Yeah, in the front seat of my car. Yeah, try fighting with a seatbelt on. Oh man, <laughs> dude. Okay, you finally uh, you're you're out of the car. You got the microphone in your hand. You call for backup. Yeah. You have to leave the keys in the car in order for the radio to work. Right. My walkie, we were out in the country. We were 15 minutes from backup. Yeah, right, right, right. And right. so my, my walkie would not have gotten signal. I had to use the one in the car, yeah, so yeah. I had to leave the keys in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, moments later, now one of those is in the driver's seat, and you're on the hood of the car. Yeah, that was, that. you know, that was not my brightest moment. Um, they, he just... <laughs> <laughs> he just <laughs> He jumped in the front seat of the car, and when he did, I was I was actually coming around the back back uh-huh. side of the car to get them both out of the car. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just I, you know I was, I was standing at the halfway point, chose yeah. the back seat the back yeah. route instead of the front. Yeah, I had intended to get them out and put them on the ground where I could watch them because they had already beat me up in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Your face, you're doing all this, and your face is busted too. Oh my gosh, nothing. dude! Yeah. I, I, yeah. I looked. I literally have have worked murder scenes that looked less gruesome than my face did that day. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, I was I was I was jacked. Yeah, uh, you know I, it yeah. was just yeah it was bad. Yeah. But I go around the back side of the car, and when I got to the back, the, to the trunk, the dude sitting in the back seat jumps in the front seat. Yeah. And I realize at that point he's going to take off with my car, which yeah. I'm on the SWAT team. I've yeah. got a machine gun in the trunk. I've got an MP5 oh, in the trunk. <laughs> I have, uh, I have uh, yeah. my, my, my Kevlar vests. I have oh, my man. ceramic vests for high-velocity rounds. Uh-huh. You know, I have all of this stuff, and I'm, all, all I can picture immediately is this guy who just beat my face in with a trailer hitch. Yeah. Wearing all of that stuff and shooting at my guys who at that point would be outgunned. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's just yeah, what yeah. I pictured. And yeah. so I jumped on the hood thinking... Okay, he's in the front seat. He puts the car in drive. I bust a cap. He's done. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So I literally had it in my head. I jumped up on the hood. And You've I, got your gun in your hand. Oh yeah, I've, I'm, you know I've got I'm, I've, I've got a 45 pointed at his forehead. Right. You know, and and I look at him and I said, "Don't do it," thinking, "Don't put the car in drive." Yeah, yeah. Well, the car was already in drive. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it. Yeah. And before I know it, he stepped on the gas, and I'm on the windshield. You know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it looks, you know, it's, it's like a almost like a comedy. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I wish yeah. I had videotape of it because I could probably sit back and laugh at it. Now you got this guy with his face beat in, yeah. you know, stuck up against the the glass, looking at this guy. It's like, what in the world? Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, and so yeah, he he's trying to shake me off, and it's like a movie. You know, I'm holding yeah. on to the to the the hood of the car right yeah. there by the windshield wipers. I've got my gun pointed at, it, and I'm thinking to myself. Shoot him or jump. Shoot him or jump. Shoot him or jump. That's what's going through my head over yeah, and over yeah, again because yeah. I realize I got two options. Yeah. You know, and uh, and uh, you know, as a some some people may understand this, some people may not. But I I literally heard a voice. I'm not saying it was audible. It was, but it screamed in my head. Yeah. It screamed jump. Yeah. And so I couldn't make up my mind. The car was going faster, and all of a sudden, jump was yeah. what was just yeah. prevalent. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And you know, honestly, in hindsight, I'm glad I had a lot of cops tell me I'd have just shot him. I'd have yeah. just shot him. Going through the sequence of events, had I shot him, there's a good chance he would have stepped on the brake. Yeah. Had he done that, I would have got run over that day. Yeah. I would have right. ended up you right in front of the car. You wouldn't have been able to hang onto the hood. No, and, and there's the no way the car would have stopped. stopped. Right. So I would have got run over, and there there'd have been yeah. there'd have been two casualties. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really believe I heard the voice of God when that when that happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, jumping had its own consequences because when I did, I hit my head on the uh, concrete and busted both my inner ears. Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. that was that was the that was the injury that ended my career. Wow! Uh, you're not a, the blow to the face, but no. that landing on that concrete no. roadway. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was the it was hitting my head. The uh, the the injury is permanent. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it caused me severe vertigo. I had about a year of physical therapy, okay. uh, vestibular therapy, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. recalibrating my brain because your brain will recalibrate in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I yeah. literally was uh, was like being on a roller coaster 24 hours a day oh. because, you know, both both of my wow. inner ears were, were busted. I yeah. mean, I couldn't stand to take a shower. Yeah. Uh, I had to sit to pee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it, yeah. it literally robbed me of, of anything that I could do for myself. I couldn't stand to cook. Right. I had to have my wife 
take yeah. care of me when it came to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Close your eyes felt like you were on a roller coaster. Open your eyes felt like you were on a roller coaster. And I'm not talking yeah. figuratively. I mean, literally. Yeah, I yeah. felt like I was going through a loop with my eyes closed. Oh, oh wow. So uh, it was, yeah, it was really, really difficult. And then post-traumatic stress disorders kicked in a year, uh, uh, a month later. Yeah. Wow. So uh, actually, technically, I think it's considered associative stress disorder when it, when it happens that quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. And what had been your attitude toward people who talked about uh, you know, stress disorder. Oh yeah, that. Uh, what's What's funny is I I had I had bought into such this tough guy image of myself so much, mm-hmm. you know, that I literally yeah, I didn't want to be judgmental, but it, it, it almost happened by default. I'm tough, and people who aren't like me are not. Yeah, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying. And yeah, so yeah. I just assumed mm-hmm. that people who had anxiety attacks or people who had uh, depression or yeah. people who, uh, who who were dealing with things that were mental. Yeah, I assumed they were weak. Yeah, I, I, I mm-hmm. it's right. you know you don't and know you what you don't know. Better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I certainly. You know, I'm yeah. certainly tougher than they are. You right. know, because right. I don't have to deal with. That. I mean, I literally, I was the guy who could walk in on a murder scene and eat a cheeseburger. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I I went home at night. The only cases I ever took home with me, and I worked some gruesome, mm-hmm. you know, things. You know, people with, you know, their yeah. heads blown off and yeah. stuff. And the only thing I ever took home that ever affected me in sleep were the kid cases. Yeah. You know, yeah. everything else was I, I was fine with, and so. You know, something like this happening to me, I literally, it, it caused me to question myself because I was experiencing things yeah. that I didn't think, I didn't think I got hurt that bad yeah. that I should be experiencing yeah. it. You right. know, PTSD is for guys that were in the military who, yeah, yeah. who yeah. have seen, you know, terrible things and had to do stuff that they wish that they never had to do. And, you know, and, right. yeah, and, right. and that wasn't my case. I got, I got beat up by, by a, a, a little Korean kid. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, that was, yeah, so how does that, how does that factor in? Right. Yeah. And so how weak must I be? Yeah, you know, I mean, all of these, I had to work yeah. through a lot with that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you paid a, you paid a big price for this uh, experience. I mean, uh, yes, yeah, you found yourself out of work. I found myself out of work in a right-to-work state. We don't have unions. We don't have pensions. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Tennessee, you get hurt as a cop. It's basically, hey, man, have a nice life. We're sorry. Really? You know, so, yeah, no no compensation, uh, wow. no wages. You know, I went, uh, I went five years, four and a half years without work. I couldn't get a job. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was it was hard. When the economy was at its worst... Nobody could get jobs, and nobody's going to hire a broken cop. Right. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so I, I went through that. I lost my insurance because mm-hmm. I had some pre- pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't get insurance. I tried to get insurance. Nobody would accept me. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, par- the department that I was in, you know, just the way that things are set up, there's just no, in a right-to-work state, you don't have to. Right. So because you don't have to, government doesn't. Yeah. And so they don't, they don't have to take care of me, you know. Yeah. And so they, you know, I, it's sad to say, but they didn't. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't hold any animosity towards it or whatever. God, yeah. God is my source. God takes care of me. But, you know, I some people think, oh, medically retired. Well, he's set the rest of his life. Yeah. No, man, yeah. I don't. I don't get a dime for yeah. that. I, I got half a year's wages from workers' comp. Yeah. And uh, and I was done. That yeah. was it. Yeah. But interestingly, you've chosen not to hold resentment and bitterness against your employers, against the state, or even against uh, the young men who attacked you. No. Yeah. That's. Uh, I, I I realized very early on, and it actually took some convincing of my wife, to be uh-huh. honest with you, because you know, and I can understand it from her her perspective, but uh, I uh, I decided the week after, yeah, I mean the week of that I was not going to I was not going to allow bitterness to set in and the rest of this stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I was not going I was going to forgive these guys, and I told my wife this, and she actually we had we had to have a a little bit of a discussion uh-huh. because those guys that I was choosing to forgive had just tried to kill her husband. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so to her, mm-hmm. you know, she had her own issues to have to deal with yeah. now. You know, she mm-hmm. she went from having a second income and a and a and a you know a provider who was who was providing in a yeah. uh, in a in a big way in the home to not have there was a, she had a lot to go through herself. For sure, yeah, you yeah, know. Sure, yeah. And uh, and so for me to come in a, a week later. Mm-hmm. You know, after she just she's just emotionally getting through this, can't even yeah. talk about it without crying, and me telling her, "Hey, I've got to forgive these guys." Yeah, it it it, it, it sent yeah. her for a bit of a loop. Yeah, you know, yeah. so she yeah. had to work through some of this herself. Yeah, yeah, and, and you had to really demonstrate that. For oh yeah, part. showing up at the parole board. Yeah, it's it's one thing to say it; it's a whole another thing to do it. Yeah, you know, when you're when when you're going through three hours of vestibular th- therapy a day uh, for months yeah. on end. 
there's some times when you've got to you've got to walk what you talked. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I said I was going to yeah. forgive these guys, but am I really going to do it whenever I'm thinking back and wishing I'd put a bullet in that guy's head? Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly. just just being yeah. straight up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There there were times that I hated him. Yeah. And had to continue to walk out what I chose as opposed to what I felt. Yeah. Right. right. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, forgiveness is a choice. It's not always easy, but it's a choice. Yeah. And I chose to forgive. And when when uh, when the rubber met the road, I, I, I did walk yeah. it out. Yeah. So. Um, now, these days, uh, you know, you're in ministry, you, you, you're in evangelistic ministry, you travel and speak. You also uh, are the online pastor for a thriving church. So you've got am, yeah. a ton of people to care for who do not have a physical connection yes, sir. with the church. Yep. Um, how has. Here's what I really want to know. How has this experience that God allowed you to go through, that thing that where the enemy you know, meant for evil, that thing that God turned for, how has that altered you uh, in your approach to life and ministry? How has it changed and made you a, a better man and a more effective minister? Um, <clears throat> it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Ah, I love that. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, that's great, man. Uh, yeah, it, would I want to go through it again? Uh, do I wish that I could have learned it another way? Yeah. Uh, the answer to the first question is not no, but heck no, and not yeah, yes, yeah. but heck yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wish I would. I wish I could have learned it a different way. I yeah. wish that my pride would have allowed me to not uh, have to go through that road that I went through to be able to uh, uh, to be able to reach the point where I'm at. But the truth of the matter is, I believe that God's called me to something bigger than what I was then, mm. and uh, mm. and in order to be able to handle the weight That's of good, it, man. something had to break yeah. Yeah. in me. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, and that thing was my pride. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I loved God. I, I kind of loved His people in that season. Uh, I was getting better at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but the truth of the matter is, God had called me to something more. Yeah. And and at that point, although I would have argued that I was equipped, I was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have that perspective now. My, my paradigms have all changed. Yeah. Uh, I'm able to see clearly the areas in my life that were very uh, mm. very self centered and and selfishly motivated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and selfish ambition is it's not it, it can't coexist with with ministry right yeah, um, yeah. you know everything that Jesus did he did for others yeah, yeah you know yeah, the yeah, ultimate yeah. he was the ultimate servant right. and so yeah. uh, in my own life uh, it took being completely broken I mean I literally everything that I had ever taken pride in my ability to speak was gone I yeah. lost all confidence and whenever I tried to get up and speak I would stumble over my words Wow um, my my strength. I lost fifty pounds in three months. Anybody who knows anything about weight loss knows that I burned muscle mass when that yeah, happened. Yeah. My confidence was gone. Everything that I took pride in, that badge was gone. Uh, my so I lost my strength. I lost my ability to speak. I, I lost everything that Aaron was and mm-hmm. realized what it meant to totally rely on God. Yeah. And what's been interesting is that God's been faithful in this season over the course of the last several years to rebuild me. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know. And so yeah, I'm 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 back to my size again. I mean, I'm not bench pressing what I was back mm-hmm. then, but I'm back to, to a full-sized area. Yeah. I'm back to emotionally, I'm back level and stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, but now I have, I have everything that I had before my ability to speak is back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have no difficulty getting up in front of any size crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that's back. The only thing that's not back is the pride. Yeah. I realize who my source is. I realize that God is my source. Yeah. He's the only way that I'm ever going to be able mm-hmm. to sustain what he's mm-hmm. called me to do. And uh, and so as a result, you know, I say it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I could not possibly carry the weight of the load that God has placed on the calling of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If, if pride that. was the center, yeah. oh, God yeah. had to be yeah. the center. Yeah. 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 I think it's phenomenal, man, how, you know, how you kind of love God's people before. Yeah. yeah. But now at our church, you have the largest campus with the most people, more than our senior pastor at our local campus. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, the, the online campus. It's like, how do you give the guy who didn't really care for God's people before, yeah, yeah, now yeah. God gives him the yeah. most people to shepherd. To care for, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, I think God's yeah. funny like that. Yeah, it's almost a joke. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. It's like God yeah. choosing Moses. I can't even speak. Absolutely, man. And what was amazing with that, Mondo, is that God did that right in the middle of yeah. my biggest time of insecurity. Yeah, he put yeah. me in front of that campus. Yeah. Now, let me go back a little bit, but how, how was your, in the, the middle of this, this incident, 
the rehab, the, you know, your wife was going through some emotional, you know, uh, times. You were physically, emotionally, psychologically. How was your ministry during that time? Like, yeah, what was going on with that? What's crazy is, I, I back in that time, uh, I was I was blogging. Okay. I started blogging before I got hurt, uh, as the tattooed preacher. That's why you introduced me as the mm-hmm. tattooed preacher. I, I, I my space was was in its prime. Yeah. I actually had seen a, an art a, a, a television show, Dateline or something, about how child predators were using MySpace to reach children and I mm-hmm. thought well they can do it I can do it for ministry right, right you know right. and so I literally I I went out and started a MySpace account knowing nothing about social networking and tried Aaron Davis as a screen name and it was already taken and so mm-hmm. I tried two or three other things and I was like ah, what makes me different I said okay I'm, I, at, at that time it wasn't as trendy as it is now for pastors to have tattoos yeah you know it was still it was still not quite as trendy as it is now yeah, and yeah. so I thought I'm tattooed I'm a preacher my primary demographic to reach is probably that demographic you yeah, know yeah, the yeah. touching the untouchable reaching the unreachable demographic you know yeah. and so I said okay how about I'm tattooed I'm a preacher how about tattoo preacher T-A-T-T-O-O-P-R-E-A-C-H-E-R you know so I got to get some attention well 40,000 friends later yeah. I, I realized that yeah <laughs> actually it worked yeah yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah, and yeah. so I, I, I 260 million blogs on MySpace. Mine, whenever I posted one, always went top uh, 1%, and several of them went top 10 in their ratings. Wow, wow, wow. So, yeah, you know, I was video blogging before I knew anybody else doing it, yeah. and so, you know, I just was kind of cutting edge with what I was doing and addressing cutting edge topics, yeah, yeah. you know, like tattoos and piercings and different stuff, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and so that actually continued to thrive through that yeah. season, which was crazy. Because, you know, everything else was falling apart. But what right. I continued to do, it was like David encouraging himself in the Lord. Yeah. I continued to write from victory to victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I continued to blog from victory to victory. I might have just learned the lesson yesterday, right. and I would write about it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You know, I would be like, okay. And it wasn't like, okay, well, in my life I'm dealing with this, this, and this, and mm-hmm. I did this to make it better. I just simply wrote from the place of victory. This is who God says you are. This is what his word says. Yeah. And you stand on it. It's that declaring a thing, you know, yeah, de- yeah. And, and, and seeing it established type of thing. I was just declaring it over my own life. That yeah. this is the word of God. The word of God is truth regardless of what my circumstances say. Yeah. I remember, you know, when I was going through the worst time with my vestibular therapy and I was just I was I was crying in my living room. Yeah. I stood up, I turned my feet inward because that was where I got my most balance, is pointing my toes kind of, you know, together mm-hmm. at a forty five. I lifted my hands up in the air and I said, God Yet will I trust you. Yeah, yeah. My world was falling apart. At that time, I didn't know yeah. if I would spend the rest of my life dizzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I told him I'm trust him anyway. And so yeah. that was the kind of thing that I would yeah. write about and uh, or that I would blog about right, right. Uh, when I would do a video blog. And uh, that was, and it continued to flourish. What, what I love about it is that you didn't allow your circumstances to dictate your lifestyle, to dictate y- your future no. or, or your relationship with God. You didn't, no. I, you didn't yeah. allow that to isolate you. Into a world that will be never ending. Well, you you, know? you can you can go one of two ways when that happens, Mondo. Right, right, yeah. You can run away or you can drive in. Yeah, and you, you obviously know? drove in. I had to, and that's what I wanted to hear. I want I want to hear that because as devastating as your your story is, there's there's obviously a path of how you got to where you're going now, or yeah. where you are, and where you're yeah. going. Yeah. So and and obviously it's the fact that you were still plugged in, regardless of the three yeah. hours of therapy every day yeah. for yeah, a month yeah. on end. And all the other things you were going through, you obviously stayed plugged in. I was at the church every Sunday. There you man. go, man. I was it, when I when when I was completely broken, yeah. when I didn't feel like I had any purpose in life. I knew that the only place that I was going to find fulfillment, I knew my only source, my only breakthrough was going right. to come from God. I knew there had to be a miracle, right. and yeah. I wasn't I wasn't willing to compromise that. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't just going to church and listening to the preacher. No, nope. yeah. it, it wasn't. Was, it was you were engaged, you were applying yourself. Had to, yeah. and that, that's that's the key. It's not yeah. just it, it's a big part of it going mm-hmm. to the church yeah but actually applying yourself using your own time yeah. giving of your time you have to you have to that's great you man. have to walk it out man it's, yeah, yeah you know it, it it's not just a matter of, of hearing it if you know faith without works is dead yeah, yeah yeah and i i had to apply what god was was mm. was was putting together in my life in order to bring me to the place where i knew that he had called me to be yeah i never lost vision see that's the great thing about god yeah is he gives you a vision a lot of times we have a vision at a young age of who we want to be yeah yeah and i believe that god puts that vision in our hearts as something that's real, so that way we constantly strive towards that, so that way when we hit the hard times, because we will, mm-hmm. we're going to have tribulation, we're going to have times in our lives when things hurt, we're going to have times in our lives when things just suck, yeah. you know? Yeah. And when that happens, if we don't have a vision, we perish. The Bible yeah, says yeah. without a vision, the people yeah. perish, yeah, yeah. or they cast off restraint. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's, that's, 
that that's what tends to happen. Yeah. But I kept going back to the vision. God, this is the me you showed me. Yeah. I wasn't ready to carry that me yeah. in this last season. So you take what this is right now. You make it. I told God, I said, I don't care what this is. Yeah. I don't care why this is. Yeah. You just take it and make it what it has to be so that way I can get where I'm going. And it was funny because it's been about two and a half years ago now. Yeah. Uh, I was walking through. And I've been you know, two and a half years into this season yeah, yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's about eight, maybe 18, two years ago. I've been you know, two and a half years, three years into this season already. And I'm walking through, the, through my living room at 3 o'clock in the morning, which a lot of times is the time when I pray. Uh-huh. And I said, God, don't you think I had a lot? Uh, don't you think I've been in this season a long time? I mean, it was just I was frustrated. I was yeah, yeah. kind of feeling despair. I was like, don't you think I've been in this season a long time? And just as clear as day, dude, that still small voice, I heard God say, Aaron, you had a lot to unlearn. Oh, man. And I was, I laughed. It, yeah. it so surprised me. I was, yeah. you know, you expect yeah. from God at times yeah. like that. Yes, my son, yeah. I love thee. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You know, and, and that wasn't what I heard. It was yeah. Aaron, son, you had a lot to unlearn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, for me, and, and I laughed, and I said, okay, if that's what this is about, yeah. please help me see that clearly, so we can get through this as quickly yeah. as possible. Oh, yeah. You know. I'll tell you, this has been a great conversation, and and perhaps the biggest takeaway for me is. Uh, yeah, I know that a lot of our listeners have themselves experienced, a lot of them fairly recently, a devastating blow yeah. to their pride. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it may not have been a physical blow to mm-hmm. their physical body, mm-hmm. it may, uh, but uh, something that shattered their image of themselves. Yeah. And it's tempting to think at that moment that, man, if that image is gone, then my usefulness is gone, my purpose is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this dying can't possibly be good. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, in the kingdom, very often, something's got to go in the ground and die before yeah. something truly miraculous can grow. Right. And uh, and I just tell guys, very often, I, I, I speak with guys who've just been, you know, they've just been hit by a train. Yeah. Uh, you know, the world has ended. Uh, their secrets have been exposed. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything's in a shambles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can look at them, my wife can look at them or at their wives and say, we believe that for you, like for us, there will come a day when you will say, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. He never left me. His purposes were never perverted. In fact, you know, I don't know how much he was involved in it happening. But <laughs> yeah, he certainly has masterfully orchestrated this for our good and for his eternal purpose. Yep. And I want to I want to leave our listeners with that sense of hope today. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. God, God, his word says, you know, he told Jeremiah, before I formed you in your yeah. mother's womb, I knew you. You know, the yeah. call of God is without repentance. And so he knows. Yeah. You know, yeah. And he's going he's gonna to work all things together for our good. That's it. Yeah. Um, I know there are going to be some of our listeners who are going to want to uh, contact you personally or directly. Are they, is that something they're able to do? Absolutely. Um, you can go to my website. Go to uh, TattooPreacher.com. It's T-A-T-T-O-O-P-R-E-A-C-H-E-R.com. Um, my, you know, there's there's lots of stuff on there, the blogs, the video blogs. Uh, you know, I've actually I've, I've recently written a, a book, and uh, it's not for sale yet because it hasn't been published yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, I have a few books, but one of them, I, I I just teased with rough rough drafts in my blogs. Oh, nice. So you literally could see the whole the whole book in rough draft unedited mm-hmm. uh, in my blogs. Uh, cool. So yeah, check check it out. Uh, I'd I'd love to hear from some of y'all. Um, and uh, you know, if there's anything that I could can do to 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 help with you know where you're at or where you're going, you know, that's my heart. Man. You know, my heart is for people. I love people. I love God's people. Uh, it's funny. God called me, I believe, to pastoral ministry in some context. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. going to be a traditional context or whatever, but I feel like uh, for the first time in my life, having been a pastor now since I was 19 years old, I feel like for the first time in my life, I actually have a pastor's heart. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's it's cool. Yeah. I find myself saying from time to time that I'm 10 or 15 times the pastor now I was than they were, you know, much more than when they were paying me to do it when I was young and full of pride. Right. Yeah. Okay, what a wonderful conversation. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Nate, Mondo. Thank you for having me. All right, and we'll be back with a closing thought on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Hurt, hurt by the pain inside and over. Picking up the 
on our road And burned, burned by the system we are under Giving up is all we've ever known Hope is a word left undefined When dreams get pushed aside We are all wounded soldiers Trying to get back on our feet Don't even know the war is over Still searching for relief When are we gonna open Wow, it's been another great week on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, so please send your emails, your comments, your questions, your suggestions to samsonpodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. Give yourself.